first and now the official BC Lions podcast is back. How's everybody doing? Uh, I'm your host, Matt Baker. A pleasure to be with you as always. And uh, start off by thanking our sponsor. As always, uh, we are here thanks to the fine folks at IA Financial Group. IA Financial Group has over 125 years of experience helping Canadians, proudly Canadian. IA Financial Group has over 7,000 employees and more than 4 million clients serving Canadians with the foundation of trust from coast to coast. IA Financial invested in you. Contact your financial advisor for more information. Now, for those uh, regular listeners and subscribers to this program, wherever that may be, uh, Apple, Spotify, um, iTunes, Google, Simplecast, Whichever uh, is your app of choice, uh, you know we have lots of great guests, and that's going to continue again this week. Going to speak with Lions offensive lineman Sook Chung, uh, pride of Terry Fox Secondary, Port Coquitlam native. A lot going on with Sook, not just football. He's a guy who's very visible, very vocal in the community. Uh, He'll talk a lot about his uh, Sikh heritage here. And uh, he's proud of that, we know for a fact. And uh, Suk, one of those guys who's very intense, uh, mean guy on the field, but off it, well, kind of a gentle giant, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, The second overall pick of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers back in the 2015 CFL draft. Spent four seasons there, of course. uh, Came here uh, with a boatload of other significant free agent signings ahead of the 2019 season. Uh, despite injuries hampering him uh, late going in that first year back home, uh, Suk, a very important player on that offensive line, and the Lions will be counting on him to provide that leadership for Michael Riley as far as the protection goes uh, once again for this year and beyond. And a cool story on uh, the offensive line. A big group of them were in Surrey working out uh, before COVID hit just over a year ago, and uh, we were forced to all kind of be confined at home and they got creative. They did their workouts outside. They found some socially distant local gyms. And I know a handful of them are back uh, in the facility uh, working out on a socially distant basis. But all this talk is great, but we want to talk about 2021. Uh, we'll do a little reflecting with Souk on how his year has been. Uh, Uh, Like a lot of of other people, he's had to pivot. He's had to adjust to his uh, everyday working life away from the gridiron. But all that's going to do is uh, make him more hungry for an even bigger and better return in 2021. Love talking football with Sook Chung. And uh, we're going to do that right here on First and Now, the official BC Lions podcast. And he's entering yeah. the chat right now. And for those watching this, uh, he's got a special guest with him. Who's it? We got Nino there, is it, Sook? Yeah, Nino. Start yeah. there. Um, how old? Uh, how old's your your pet? Uh, he's there? N- he's just over nine months now. He's a Rottweiler. He's got a ton of energy, so I've been at home all day. So weather's nice. He probably wants to get out there. So <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. he's getting big. I can tell that. Um, yeah, that must add a little wrinkle to your uh, your workout routine, chasing a Rottweiler around. Yeah, it's been good having him around the house, uh, especially during the pandemic and all that. So, yeah, it's been a handful. Kept me busy. Talk a bit about that. I mean, uh, we uh, we recorded some videos with you uh, with our, our Be More Than a Bystander uh, campaign. Very important campaign um, with the folks at 
the Ending Violence uh, Association of BC. And uh, you were talking about animal cruelty, animal safety. I mean, just talk about how important that is to your heart. Oh, I think it's a very important program and a very important uh, presentation that we do. And it, uh, it's very valued information we can start passing on to the younger generation. I know that when I was in high school, at the maybe grade 11, 12, I was sort of getting these type of presentations and we're able to present, you know, to grade eights and all that. Um, it's been really good to share that message and, you know, just bring awareness to that whole situation of uh, gender-based violence and very happy to be a par uh, part of it. And, you know, I want to thank the Lions for um, giving me the opportunity to use my platform. It's, um, you know, definitely one thing I wanted to do when I did come back to BC was give back to the community in any which way I can. And this is an opportunity that came up and I signed up for it and it's been good. It's been, um, it's another thing that kept, keeps me busy and it's a great message. It's always uh, an important thing to talk about, always, no matter what's going on. But this past year, people are isolated, working from home, not going out. I mean, it, it really is a problem during times like this as well, is it not? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, domestic violence cases do go up in a situation like the pandemic, just because we are spending more time with our spouses or loved ones. And, you know, uh, something to be aware of that, we sh you know, with the pandemic, we're not seeing each other as often. We should, you know, check up on a friend or two or just to make sure everyone's all right. And, you know, be there for someone that needs, needs to talk about something that's going on in their life, you know. Yeah, and uh, for those listening, uh, head to bclions.com if you're part of a school interested in one of these virtual presentations. Uh, I can have Sook pop in and teach you more about it. Very important cause. Um, speaking of the last year, uh, sir, I mean, just kind of an overview. I mean, yourself and a few of your offensive line buddies before COVID hit were in the gym, working out, uh, guys like Figueroa, Phil Norman, uh, who don't live here normally, Peter Godber, another one, uh, decided to stay in town and work together. All of a sudden, that gets shut down. But just talk about that situation and that camaraderie you guys on the offensive line uh, have had with these workouts before the world kind of got crazy on us. Yeah, and I think we were rolling pretty good. And it was a thing we talked about as soon as season ended with a sour taste in our mouth, just if we could stay together, build that camaraderie over the off season and, you know, just be around each other more. And BC is a beautiful place to be year round. And some of those guys could agree with that. And unfortunately the pandemic happened and we were, you know, put to a halt, but you know, we were on, we were on a good roll and it was just nice to train with your offensive line mates and be there, grab food after and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, when the virtual world took over, um, I mean, do you guys rely on each other even more, kind of pumping each other up and staying on top of things that way? Yeah, we're holding each other accountable, whether it's via text groups or just, you know, chatting with one another over a FaceTime call or something like that, just to make sure everyone's doing their part and not forgetting the bigger picture. And when the ball does get rolling again, you know, we're going to be ready to go. What excites you most about this team for 2021, Souk? I think, you know, having a lot of guys return and, uh, the, the taste that it left, left in our mouth, you know, like personally for me, I didn't have a season I was happy with, but as a team as well, you know, so I've been focused on that, just developing my body and my mind and getting ready for what's coming up and excites me on all the moves we made in free agency and all those guys that we have now. And, you know, I just think we're a more powerful group and 
that first year together was a tough one, but I think we all learned from it a lot. Yeah, I mean, um, one guy that definitely, um, you know, played a big role in your guys' improvement toward the end of 2019 was Kelly Bates. Uh, what's it been like uh, having Kelly to lean on uh, during this whole time? That's a veteran of the Canadian Football League and certainly knows what he's doing from a coaching perspective. Yeah, Ke Kelly's been great to have around. You know, he checks up on us as well, keeps us accountable and not even just on football wise, just life wise, having a guy like the, you know, Kelly, Coach Kelly Bates there to chat with or see how he's doing. So it's been really good for all of us. And, you know, he's done a great job on trying to keep in touch with everyone that's here or whether they're in the States or whatever. Um, what's, uh, you know, Michael Riley is, um, that's a guy who's talked a lot about how missing a year and maybe, maybe one good thing. I don't know if there's much good on it, but, he says he's in uh, the best shape of his life, the best shape of his career. Um, so that being said, are you really going to look forward to uh, doing your thing up front and making sure he can make all the plays he wants to make, right? Of course, yeah. That's why we're here. You know, that's why I'm here. And um, I can agree with Mike. Maybe one good thing that comes from it is like uh, the healing of, you know, having a year off, but definitely want to play, like to play football. But um having that year off is uh, definitely, you know, relit the fire and I want to get back swinging out there. So definitely looking forward to doing my job. So Mike can, you know, toss the ball up or, um, you know, we can open some holes in the run game. You guys have done a lot of zoom meetings, a lot of workouts, like we've said, uh, you're in the facility most days, I think now uh, doing the socially distant workouts. And, yeah. but I have to ask, how anxious are you to get the pads back on and hit somebody in a different colored uniform? Exactly. You know, that's a big thing I look forward to, especially up front. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's been hard not to put on a helmet and shoulder pads and hit someone because having that as your job is a pretty cool thing. So um, definitely when we do get it going and we're ready to hit, hit someone other than our teammates, it's going to be an exciting time. Uh, back to the group here for just a minute. Um, and again, that's one of the drawbacks of uh, the situation we're in is people have had to take pay cuts. I mean, some veteran players have had to retire because uh, for one of the reasons, not much money left to go around. But a lot of you guys on the O-line uh, agreed to take pay cuts in order to stay together. What does that say about the closeness of this group, Souk? I think, it, you know, it just shows that, you know, we're willing to, do whatever it takes to get it rolling again. And we know that, uh, you know, taking those pay cuts were bigger for most of them than some other people, but it was a group decision. And we all know that coming back and having a, each one of us there, the camaraderie, not getting to know someone new, or at least having some games played beside each other is an important thing to us. And we value that a lot in the offensive line room. Talking to a couple different guys as well. Um, you know, this past year, they've, it's kind of allowed them to branch out and maybe focus on other things, maybe get ready for life after football. Uh, you plan on playing for a few more years, I know, but um, did you get into any other interests or hobbies uh, during the shutdown at all? Um, I've been working with uh, my dad and I also have a company for disposal. So that uh, keeps me pretty busy and some, some fence building, some landscaping is coming up as the weather's getting better. But if the season gets rolling, then obviously I'll take a step back from that. But that's what usually is keeping me busy for my work. And the other thing, I guess, is a hobby. I've been fixing up an old car that I've had as a project for a while. Um, 
you know, just when I have time on the weekends, not much to do right in these days. So turning wrenches and just getting that thing on the road, it's on the road right now, but it's a couple of different colors. So um, paint and all that stuff, I guess that's a hobby of mine. I do like fixing up older cars, but uh, never really have the time and weather and stuff to enjoy it. So I've been looking forward to having that thing on the road. See me, uh, see me out in the neighborhood here. That's an old Chevy, is it not? Uh, tell our listeners yeah, it's, there. Oh, it's an 82 Oldsmobile Cutlass. Yeah, it's a Chevy pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a car I'd expect an offensive lineman to be driving. You know, it's tough. <laughs> you know, it's one of those, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, was um, cars, was that always an interest when you were a youngster? Yeah, like my uncles and dads were into it, but then, you know, they had families and stuff and really couldn't do it. And this was an old project. It's been a project for a long time, but with the pandemic and time off, it's gotten the ball rolling. And I've gone to work on it with my dad and my uncles quite a bit. So that's like a cool thing. It's brought us together on that part. And just having something to do or, you know, because we can't go out or see friends or stuff like that. So that's been a a uh, good thing to have around and yeah it's been an interest of mine but never knew how like how much things cost or how much time I would have or my knowledge of these things because I'm not the most knowledgeable but I've been learning as I go so I think that's a big part of it. That's cool um, and you mentioned land landscaping uh, we're, we're recording this on a beautiful spring day out here yeah. uh, in the lower mainland greater Vancouver so uh you know, these are the type of days where uh, you really like to get outside and cut grass and just kind of enjoy the fresh air. Yeah, big, big one, the, just maintaining people's lawns or, you know, moving sod for someone. Smaller jobs, we don't, I'm not, we don't have the biggest equipment, but more disposal than anything. So if anyone's looking to get their lawn cleaned up for the summer and stuff like that, uh, we can help with that. So, um but that being said, also trying to focus with football and keeping my time oriented and knowing that's priority one until they make a decision with season. So, I was uh, noticing there the other day the practice field could use a bit of a trim. So, because uh, McAvoy or Campbell, have they uh, yeah, enlisted have your services at all or what? I could, I might approach them and say, uh, you know, I could bring my tractor up there and see what we can do with it. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh there's some video content for us uh, if if that opportunity ever comes. Uh, <laughs> talking um talking a bit about family here. You mentioned your dad and your uncle. Um, how much pride do you take uh, in your Sikh heritage, Souk? Um, I mean, no doubt there's there's a lot of role models out there in the schools you used to visit before the shutdown. Um, I mean, have you used your status as a pro football player to? to give advice to any of these youngsters maybe wanting to follow in your footsteps? Yeah, like uh, before the pandemic, we were able to visit schools and you can see, you know, we're, we're pretty ethnic diverse uh, city. So having to see a lot of Sikh Punjabi ch uh, kids around, um, not many of them are into football. So sometimes it's just talking about football and what it is and bringing it into the community is a big part for me. Uh, just educating them on what football is and, you know, something they should try out and encourage anyone to try football. And it's, it's been really cool. I've got to work with the Immigrant Youth Society out in Abbotsford for a couple of talks. And, um, it, you know, I really do enjoy that uh, teaching someone else about football that, may, you know, maybe just only knows about soccer or basketball or something like that. So 
um, in my community, it's not, you know, not a lot of people play football. So when they do hear that I'm, do, I am playing football, it's, uh, you know, lots of questions come with it. What is it? How does it be? How does it work? So that's been really cool. And, you know, my mom's watched me play for super long. She's pretty educated in football. Actually, she could uh, break it down for someone as well. Yeah, I'm sure she probably lets you know if she wasn't happy uh, with the type of game you played. Is that right? Yeah, she, you know, she'll probably say some good things, but the end of the conversation, she'll probably point the couple of the bad things out and just keeps me humble. So I'm always appreciative of that. Um, you mentioned uh, a lot of the kids of your ethnicity, not necessarily into Canadian football, American football, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. What got you into it, though, as a youngster? I think just being a, a bigger kid at one uh, at a certain age and then finding the weight room, I think, was a big part for me. Um, I really did fall in love with the weight room and wrestling and things like that. And then started playing uh, football in grade nine just because a lot of my friends are doing it. It was translating from the weight room to the football field. And I just, uh, I loved it as soon as I put the shoulder pads and helmet on and never looked, uh, never looked away from that. So I'm very thankful for, you know, all the coaches and teachers and my family members that encouraged me to join football and join weight, uh, weightlifting and stuff like that. Yes, uh, you set all kinds of weightlifting records, I think, uh, at Terry Fox uh, Secondary. Is that something you, did you pursue that? Like, did you ever have aspirations to, to maybe go to the Olympics or anything like that? Um, I don't know about like competing. It's a power lifter like that, but I just enjoyed the weight room. So I enjoyed like, you know, moving heavy weight and stuff. But why I, I think why I started to fall in love with weight room more is I could just see the transition of it from the, from the weight room to the field. And it was a pretty cool experience to know that, you know, the work that you're putting in the weight room translates to the, the football field and, Eventually, why at one point football was more important than lifting heavy weight, and um, fell in love with football more than lifting weight. But I also enjoy still the weight room. Yeah, there's the aspect of hitting the other people that we talked about a few minutes ago, right? That uh, yeah. no doubt played a role in your decision. Um, any um, any specific high school game that stands out for you? Oh, I, we we won three. I think we won three championships in uh, in. Um, Terry Fox and I would just say winning three in a row and then we didn't win our our senior year but winning those three championships with the same group of guys from grade 9 10 to 11 and th those are probably my favorite memories I don't have a specific game that stands out but uh, definitely wanted to make it four but it didn't happen so that's what that always stands out to me I guess yeah and it's uh, like you said it's a word we've mentioned a couple times here, camaraderie, it's the relationships and the friendships that last a lifetime, right? I mean, how much yeah. of that was a big takeaway from high school? Yeah, I still talk to probably a handful of guys from the football team, not all the time, but yeah, we do get some time to talk about football and if we do see each other, see each other out, it sometimes gets brought up and it's just a cool thing to know that, you know, you played football with the same group of guys, core group of guys for four years and uh, it's a lot of memories and a lot of, you know, hard work we went through together. So it's always a great memory and a, you know, a great um, point of topic when we do have discussions. And you go from one powerhouse at Terry Fox to another uh, with the Calgary Dinos. Uh, you guys uh, were always in the discussion. Uh, I think you would have gone to the 
Vanier Cup against Laval at least one of those years when you were there, right? But uh, how much did you enjoy your time with the Dinos? Oh, man, and time with the Dinos is awesome. We made great, uh, great friendships on and off the field from there. And we had a lot of guys get drafted to the CFL that were older than me, younger than me. And it's, it's really cool to see uh, a lot of those guys on game day and knowing that you shared the field in college together or university together. So that's always cool. And my, my time at the University of Calgary was awesome. I had tons of fun. And like I said, I got to make relationships that have lasted outside of football. And I've got to see a lot of my friends play pro football with me. Yeah, and we're a few weeks out from the CFL draft, and uh, that's always an exciting time for young Canadian football players. Uh, what memories do you have specifically of the whole draft process, Souk, whether it be the combine or draft night itself when you went number two overall to Winnipeg? Yeah, I think um, definitely going to the, the combine was a great experience, and then having able to perform with pads and helmets on like any, no other combine does that. So that was a really cool part in uh, the whole CFL combine where we got to compete against each other in one-on-ones and stuff like that. And also yeah, being drafted on draft day, spending the day with my family, having my cousins come over and, you know, enjoy that moment with me, which was awesome. And a, you know, a big step in my professional football career and we're very happy to have those people around me during that time. What was it like uh, getting the call from Winnipeg? A little nerve-wracking, you know, like uh, mm. I was 22 years old at the time. So I'm like, pick up the phone, get a call from, I think Michael Shea was the first guy I talked to. And we, uh, you know, not too long after that, you get your playbook sent to you and start studying for uh, rookie camp. And it seems like it all happened so fast, uh, but it's an awesome experience. Um, any moments um your rookie year your first training camp where it's like holy god uh I'm in the pros now was there any of that yeah so I have there was an injury in training camp and I got to start right away for the first game I played all 18 games that year and the first game was in uh, Mosaic Stadium old Mosaic Stadium on Canada Day my first ever start my first ever game in the CFL super loud just a great experience and I believe we won that game and it was, you know, suiting up as a true rookie starting the first game of the season. It was, it was fast. It was fun. You know, it was, it was a, quite the memory for me and uh, a pretty loud stadium and a pretty big jump up from that time from a University of Calgary Dinos football game to a professional uh, CFL game. It was, you know, an experience I will always remember. Yeah. Talk about getting thrown into the fire and uh, yeah. <laughs> My first year working here with the Lions was 2016, and we we made three trips to Old Mosaic that year. Preseason, once in July, where you might remember watching this, Jovan Olafoye caught a touchdown pass. Yeah, yes, that. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, the last game ever, we shut the place down in style with uh, with a big win. You won't like to hear that one because that was a big reason the Lions ended up finishing second place, and we won't. Yeah get into the 2016 Western semifinal here, but um, <laughs> yeah, that do you ever, but just joking aside, did you ever dream of scoring a big guy touchdown or have you ever scored one at any level? Um, I've never scored one at any level. I did play some fullback a little bit at University of Calgary. I thought they might've handed me the ball off, but that never, yeah. never happened. But 
I think any every big guy's dream might, it might be to get in the end zone one day with the ball in his hands. So yeah, if uh, the opportunity ever comes, it would be awesome. But first and foremost, uh, I enjoy doing my job up front. So good answer. Yeah, good answer. Um, last one for you. I mean, uh, we're talking about Winnipeg and everything, and ultimately, uh, yes, we know they won the Grey Cup in 2019. But how much are you itching to win now uh, your first, and how much more special would it be if it came in your hometown? Exactly. Looking forward to bringing it home in BC, having the having the Grey Cup down Granville Street. You know, that's the that's the goal, and to do it at home, that'd be even more special. And I want to do it at home, and I know a lot of guys who do want to bring bring uh, the Great Cup to BC. And being from here means a lot to me. So that's always been the goal since I've signed here, and it will continue to remain to be the goal until it happens. And, you know, I think we have the right group of guys to make it happen, so I'm excited about that. One step at a time, yes. Uh, we'll wait patiently. We've been patient for over a year, and uh, we'll trust that we'll get some good news here at some point uh, this spring. Uh, Sook, always a pleasure talking to you. Glad we made it work out. And uh, you and uh, you and your uh, furry friend there, go out and uh, enjoy the sun. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate you having me on.